to Heron. From Heron, I'm listening to Heron. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still... Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I am your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man, extraordinaire Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we in the house for episode 123. 123, yeah. back to basics. Count it up. Welcome, everybody. Yo, I want to give a shout out to the Canada boys. That's the Mr. Derek Rose, yeah. Kurt, Nick, Yousef, the whole crew. You know what I mean? I appreciate you guys' support. You guys are doing it big out there. But um, yeah, man, we up in the stew. You, uh, you been doing anything interesting this week? Nah, I've been pretty busy. I didn't get to catch anything. Good shit. Being Actually, productive is nothing wrong with that. The only thing I did catch, I did. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I finished. I ran through the two seasons of the Chappelle Show on Netflix like super quick. I didn't even realize it before. Before I was um, at the end of it, and it was just like, well, yeah, it's a very easy and then it just consume. Went back to some stupid commercial for something else, and I was like, ah. But it's it's nice, man. There's some classics in there. There's, there's some there's some classic joints. Oh yeah, there. Dave Chappelle has a probably probably the highest density of classic skits of, yeah. of he's in the like the top five still using quotables like, from that from that show oh yeah i, mean, I realized that's where i got shazam from when shazam. i was like shazam yeah that's from tyrone for show because yeah because you like you have like your your uh richard priors and your eddie murphy's and they're super quotable like Everything they did had quotables in it. But Dave Chappelle, man, in terms of contemporary yeah. comedians, he's way up there. Definitely. But yeah, that's awesome. Can can never get mad at uh, spending some time with uh, Mr. Chappelle. Chappelle show. But yeah, man, um, I'm looking forward to catching up with the uh, finale of WandaVision, but that's going to be for yeah. next episode. So yeah, yeah that's I'm, a, I'm looking forward that. to that deep dive because that, that show really did pick up towards the end. But yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right on into the news. Um, what's been going on, dude? So, we'll start out with this really interesting piece. So, Twitter, uh, Jay Z has sold his controlling share and title to Jack Dorsey, uh, of Square, and he's joining the the board of that company. And so now, I guess Jack Dorsey is the controlling uh, uh shareholder of Title. That's interesting. That's coming for him hugely now. I know that I, I, from what I understand, a lot of people are going to be billing this as, oh, this is going to be positive for the artists because in the deal, Jay-Z didn't sell the artist's share of title. And so they are still, uh, they are still uh, like significant shareholders in um, the, the platform. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much, I mean, Jack not only is the controlling shareholder, but he's also able to leverage them greatly. I, I I have a hard time thinking that they have the ability to to resist whatever Jack wants uh, to happen on the board. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of what happens to title. Now, in terms of Square, I, 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 I'm dubious of as to how much actual influence Jay-Z is going to, or Sean Carter is going to have on the, the board of Square. Hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, and it sucks because it's every time you see uh, Jay-Z or one of these prominent African-American millionaires, you know, make these big moves, 
is billed as black excellence. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Is this black excellence or is this Jay-Z's excellence? Which, kudos to him. I'm not hating on his excellence. But I don't, I, don't, I definitely don't want to see this billed as like, oh, this is black excellence. Because I... Why the need to separate the two, though? Because black excellence has has a community component to it that I just don't think that this... I don't see how this furthers the, the black community. I see how this furthers Jay-Z, for sure. And I'm not hating on that. At, we live in a in America. This is a capitalist society, and based on 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 the values of this culture, he's doing him. I'm not hating on that part. I'm just saying let's not build this as black excellence yet, because I don't see how this overall is going to benefit the African American community. And moreover, I want to. I don't see how overall the other artists who are uh, part shareholders in title are going to benefit from this in the long run. Because having such a dominant shareholder as Jack Dorsey is not probably in their best interest. It usually isn't. But was it Jay-Z's responsibility to ensure that for them, though? Not at all. Okay. Not in the least. And and, and, I'm, and I'm not billing it as such. But that's why I also don't believe that we should bill it as black excellence. It would be black excellence if in his in his um, ascension in this this huge trade— he assured the 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 well-being of everyone under him and established such a way that uh title will forever be a platform for artists controlled by artists that would be one thing but that's not what he did and so I'm not sure if that's possible though um i you're right i don't know if it is possible but then you know d- you know, I, and I don't want to pocket watch. I don't want to be a, a dickhead about it. But it's like, if that's the case, like, do you really need to make that deal? And I, and I don't know. Jay Z might be on hard times. I I might. <laughs> I, I don't mean, think it's so. not even about that. But this could just be I, about one's personal aspirations. You know what I mean? Jay Z's got goals, and he's stepping okay, out. Okay, cool. Make them. But those are your per- okay, cool. And I'm and I'm down with that. But we have to. We definitely have to differentiate between when people are are uh, going down their their uh, path for their personal aspirations and when they are doing things that are, are at large beneficial to, to the African-American community. And and that's my main gripe is that every time I've seen this projected in the media, it's it's a black excellence thing. And I'm just like, it's really not though. It's really Jay-Z's excellence. And and let's, let's laud him for that. But this is not something that's going to overall change the situation of black people in America. I gotcha. But you know, I, there Which aren't too fine. many and, and, singular and, and, and events that can and it do that, have though. To be. And, and I just want to say, and I'm sorry, I didn't want, want to interrupt you, but I just, and, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying it has to be. I'm just saying, let's not misconstrue it as that. So, sorry. Go I got you. But, you know, I, I think at the same time, seeing a black man who came from selling drugs ascend to that high, I would say is an example of black excellence. I mean, th- that that is unheard of. Like, to, to go from where he was from to the type of deals he's making right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So it might not fit, fit like one very specific de- definition of black excellence, but I would definitely say it is an example of such, you know? It he's is a, it things. is an example of a black person being excellent. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so I'm super into semantics. No, no, no. I you it's do so, not have to explain it to me. Argument. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I I understand. <laughs> I know. But yeah, you know, I, 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 kudos to him. I, I do look forward to seeing how, how 
A, Twitter operates in the uh, music digital service provider space. I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see if they extend into the podcast space. I'm always looking as to where the next platform or next opportunity for us is. And so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that. But I thought that, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it should yeah. be. That might that might produce some pretty interesting links. I'm I'm curious to see if he's going to combine those two platforms in any meaningful way. Yeah. Yes, and, and 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 honestly, I I'm not exactly sure. I don't see where his influence, um, in his uh position in the NFL has shown through. But maybe Damn, his influence in on Twitter. Too? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, mean Jay Z? <clears throat> Jay Z. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Dorsey. Yeah, I, gotcha, I apologize. Gotcha. Jay Z. I'm not sure where his hand is shown through in that, but he's becoming more prevalent on many of these boards, and so maybe we'll get to see more, um. I guess African American culture represented and acknowledged in these platforms, which that in and of itself is a, is a benefit. But I don't think that I'm not with black capitalism because I'm not with any capitalism. Gotcha. Um, capitalism as a form of organizing resources is exploitative exploitative at its origin, and so that's not where I want to be. I understand that it is a vessel and it is a it is a transitionary form of economics to get from a point of scarce resources to a point of abundant resource. But I think that at this point, we don't need to utilize black capitalism to replace white capitalism. White capitalism has produced more than enough excess for us to now move on to a more equitable form of economics for people. And so that's why I don't support personally moves like that. That's just me though. And so you know, I, I, that's not to be a hater on his success, because until we transition into uh, a society that recognizes that kind of economic structure, hey, you know, that is what success is defined as. And so I'm not going to hate on that. But, you know, let, let, let's just let's just be let's be honest with what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, moving on from that, talking about fucking definitions of success it looks like another one of the uh, subjects of the <clears throat> of the GameStop bets Reddit uh, run has decided to make a a run with the with his winnings. The CEO of AMC <laughs> got a three point seven million dollar uh, uh, bonus. Their revenue is actually down ninety percent. They haven't been making any money. <laughs> they haven't been making any money. I mean, now I think AMC has a little bit more. I think it has a sellable model, but just in the presence of this pandemic has a little mm-hmm. bit more of a difficult time selling its its uh, revenue model. But damn, man, my man just, he bailed too. Hell and yeah. and it's funny because you look at, at, at what's going on and I feel like a lot of the, the um, companies that were the subject of this Wall Street Bets subreddit, um, it kind of feels manipulated. It, it it feels like the people who might have made money on those stocks, uh, reversing the short, made far less money than the people who were actually uh, being protested by them trying to reverse the short. Because the people, like, let's see who won, okay? Because they all had, you know, the CEOs and a lot of the of the executives made out on top. With, with huge bonuses because of the influx of the investment revenue. So they got, they got, 
you know, windfalls because it looks like they did well, even though really what it was was that uh, the externalities of the Wall Street Bets forum, you know, kind of flooding cash into them. Then you have all of the the hedge fund uh, investors who got Congress to start drafting uh, legislation to prevent this from ever happening again. So not only did they not really lose that much and they just hedged out one of the losers, like one of the shitty hedge funds like Melvin Capital. And so they they limited the playing field now for who's left. But now they're going to get Congress to pass legislation to prevent the public from ever being able to interfere with their trading again. And so it's like, wait a second, who fucking won here? I mean, that's always, that was always how it was going to go without external And I did recognize that, but it's like, wait a second. They, it's such a complete win. Like, goddamn, they, they, they not only were able to get the insurance from the failure of their hedged uh, bets because their bets are insured by uh, the government. They were able to pay off the CEOs, get additional loans from from like PPE loans, and then on top of that, they're gonna get to they're gonna get to uh, come out the other side of this with with with, with stocks in full tact and legislation that protects them from it happening again. Like that shit's wild, man. Like man, did they work the system? But you know, what do you expect? We have all of America's best minds focused in 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 in, in exploiting this industry. Film just got to change the laws. Yeah, but they're changing them in their favor faster. <laughs> this whole system I mean, is fucked. It's really that, really that's, fucked. You know, I mean, what you just got to stop chasing the tail of the problem. You know, that's, yeah, that's really all it is. I mean, you got people like Bernie Sanders and the legislator attempting to 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 do things about this, and they're obstructed at every turn. You know what I mean? Like the people they're trying to regulate are way too powerful. You know, they've bought other people in the legislature to to obstruct the regulation. It's it's not a tenable model of governance. It really isn't. But yeah, moving on from that. Now that was supposed to be entertainment news, huh? AMC fucking. But dude, these these CEOs absconding with these huge fucking bonuses, like, so, like I can't understand how that's not viewed as as a problem. You know, even if it's legal, at some point it's got to be viewed as a problem to get changed. You know what I mean? I, I just well, can't. It's got to be viewed as a problem by the right people to get changed. By the right people, yeah. It's clearly not viewed as a problem by the right people because. Anyone on the ground would, would would say, hey, a CEO of a company whose stock went down 90% should not probably get a bonus of any sort, much less be get a bonus and then be allowed to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the bonus. You know what I mean? Like it's, like, it's not like they gave him the bonus and then he was obliged to stay. He took the bonus and left. It's like, dude, how do you, how do you get to keep the bonus? And then, and then on top of that, he probably got a severance. You know hey, what I mean? Because they like to stack. They like to stack the bonuses. They're not even trying at this point, feel me? So, hey, <laughs> that's on them. You know, that shit's crazy. They know what they're doing with their company. So it's interesting. Um, moving on from that, SoundCloud has has uh, introduced a new monetization uh, uh, format that I think is very interesting. So what they're doing is people who subscribe to SoundCloud, there is subscription fee. 
the portion of it that is shared among the artists. So obviously the blind share of the subscription fee goes to SoundCloud. But then SoundCloud gives artists a general cut of subscription fees. That's now, typically cool. the way that that's divvied out is, is that it's it's the biggest artists get the biggest amount and it's 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 uh or like sliding up. scale. Exactly. And so what SoundCloud is doing is saying, no, the way we're going to do it is, is that for any given subscription, the portion that goes to the artist from that individual subscription will only go to artists that you listen to. Makes sense. Which makes a fucking ton of sense. I think this is a fucking amazing model. Um, and so that way, when you subscribe to SoundCloud, you're paying your general subscription, but you're supporting directly the artists in which you actually consume. And that, I think, is a huge positive turn in the subscription-based modeling that the DSPs are using right now, Digi- the digital service providers for for music, that is. You know, because I don't think that's ever going to make it to, like, you know, movies or TV. But in terms of music, that's huge in terms of promoting content creators. Um, in terms of, and, and that's not just, like, musical artists. It's podcasts of all sorts, you know. Once again, keeping my eye on different platforms and which which areas are the best to, to, to broadcast on. Like, I think that SoundCloud, now, they're probably playing catch-up. If they're doing this, it's probably because they're behind the curve. <laughs> you know, no, what I mean? that like, sounds pretty new. Well, it's very new. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard that model um, too much. New, yeah. In recent times, I mean, it seems pretty new. That 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 model of subscription from a DSP, I've never heard of, and that's going to be, I think, be huge for certain people, um, especially ones that have difficulty getting that mainstream play. You know what I mean? Like the those radio spins, those those big time playlists uh placements that still have a dedicated following that's going to and then you know and and it benefits SoundCloud you know cuz that's going to encourage them to say hey you know Definitely. fuck it i might as well like move the majority of my listenership to SoundCloud if i can you know and so that that i think is really um that's i, I think it's a very positive move for them as a platform in the industry um and it's one that i hope to to see uh some some benefit in in the future but yeah moving on from that uh what else been going on we'll move off into some uh politics there's been tons going on in politics uh dude did you see some shit going on and um so in st louis mike brown senior is suing the the national blm organization for 20 million dollars because Evidently, they have not been supporting the the structure of the movement in uh, St. Louis since uh, the launch of the national organization. And it, I guess, recently it was published that they had come up uh, that their donations had come up totaling around ninety million dollars. And so, you know, I think rightfully so. And and this is something that I've always said is that the Black Lives Matter movement is not an organization. You shouldn't be donating to an organization. There's local chapters and there's uh there's funds that are started to support people who are organizing in the name of Black Lives Matter, but it's not an organization as in a centralized organization. And so because of that, 
it's been I, I think that there's been some misunderstanding with people who are donating to the organization. And I don't know what exactly the organization, because the organization that as is presented, it does not have all of the core tenants of the individual chapters. The individual chapters are their own are not only their own thing, but they have a, a general ideology of not trivializing other lives, but also bringing black lives to the same status as every other life in America. And the organization in its organization in its uh, acceptance of donations doesn't have any structure for organizing money towards that goal. And that's really the only unifying ideology. And so it's not really something that's appropriate to donate to the national organization for. And and unfortunately, because of, you know, the whole industry of monetizing uh, distress and all of that, people have taken onto the, the Black Lives Matter organization and, and grifted on it. Absolutely. And, and, and decided to, to try to make their make their their stake in the activist movement by by spitting rhetoric that is for this movement but not actually doing anything on the ground for it. And so yeah, it is garnered and and th- unfortunately because that that end of the uh that you know unfortunate byproduct of the movement has infinite amount of time to dedicate to grifting while the rest of the movement is dedicated to actually doing things They've managed to 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 raise significantly um uh a significant amount of more money than you know the people on the ground, and I think that's what's represented in this ninety million dollar uh, uh appraisal of their donations. Whereas none of that has trickled down to the to the grassroots organizations on the ground, the the chapters, the the local city chapters, and so yeah, I I, I totally understand why Mike Brown Senior is is uh suing them and you know 20 million dollars is a lot is a lot but they did itemize and they did present like how they're planning on you know it's not just 20 million dollars to him it they they show how they're going to distribute the 20 million dollars without throughout the organization and honestly as the the city that really sparked the BLM movement not that people haven't been fighting on behalf of black lives for for centuries you know, but in particular, the contemporary movement. Yeah, I believe that that chapter probably is due a significant portion of that money, you know, and, and it seems like he's being mindful enough to say, hey, this is not just for us. This is for the movement. You know what I mean? And in in winning that allocation, other cities should be trying to to get their appropriation of that of those funds as well. You know, Getting to get their fraud team together, man. That's just crazy, but I'm like, damn, dude, why? Like, man, there's nothing sacred, you know? Like, nope. Everything is an opportunity. There's stuff sacred to you, but not to people who are scammers. True story. It's just another opportunity. True story, and 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 I just thought that that was worth like, pointing it's out. It's also um, another why it's like a good opportunity for scammers is because pro- probably people are not looking out for them in that particular area. They're really not. They're really because. The idea is that most people who are approaching this are approaching it with a good heart, mm-hmm. and and most of them are. Mm-hmm. But it's just the, that that minority of people who are willing to take advantage really create fucks a gap, it up. man. Create a gap. 
Yep. But yeah, moving on from that, dude, did you see in um in Stockton? So uh Michael Tubbs was the mayor of Stockton some time ago and he instituted uh a very, I think, modest five hundred dollar UBI for a few citizens to pilot a program to see how it would affect people. Five hundred dollars. Life changing for some people, but not not like class changing. It's not gonna move you from one socioeconomic class to another. Right. And boy, did people shit on him for it. Boy, they told him it was a waste of time. It's a waste of tax uh, of of taxpayer resources. It was an utter misuse of his power. I believe that on the back of that slander is why he didn't win re-election. And so now, unfortunately, he didn't win re-election. I think that a, a pretty reasonable candidate uh, uh, um, followed him, but nonetheless. All of the studies now are coming out that were uh, initiated with the initiation of the uh, of the UBI program, and boy, are they showing like the positive outcomes of just five hundred dollars a month to these citizens across the board. Not a single one of them lowered their. All of them uh, increased their employment uh, status. Increased their incomes per month, increased their their contributions to their community. All of like it it was a universally positive program, and it sucks because these these studies came out right you know probably a few months after he lost his election, which sucks because it was like man he was right this pilot this, this pilot program was not only uh, amazing but. All of the all of the uh, of the results of the study are showing that you should definitely scale this up. You should definitely scale this up, even at the five hundred dollar um, um, assistance point. People's lives were changed in the positive, like indelibly. Like so many of these people are now contributing where they were mostly on assistance before. You know what I mean, and and. Almost, and I think that they purposely uh, piloted this program with people who are in distress, and so the the drastic, you know what I mean, swing from having someone who is mostly on assistance and not contributing to now contributing to society, paying taxes, and no longer utilizing assistance is huge. It's huge, and a lot of cities right now, especially ones that have like failing um industrial. Uh, economies that that were yanked from under them, you know, like your Detroit, your Chicago's, could really benefit from information like this because it's how they can stem a lot of the poverty that comes, you know, just from not having, you know, uh, established industries to employ people. Like, it really does show that, yeah, you know, the vast majority of this poverty where it's not like just the the, the byproduct of some poor decisions, can be alleviated a good amount. You know what I mean? Like sometimes poverty comes when you lose your job and because the 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 steel mill just closes down. That's not your fault. That's not a and and a significant amount of unemployment and poverty is the byproduct of industry closing down. And so the information from this study is really good because hopefully God you know God forbid somebody who's actually attempting to make this, you know, work you know, gets a hold of this kind of of information, they can implement it in in some of these cities. You know, 
Not that, even though these cities really are in disrepair be, on purpose. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of Feel them me. know that the poverty just is... Then. Poor people need money. <laughs> I know. Like, literally, like, wow, you just totally summed up that whole story in, in one phrase. I mean, it's... The reason why the dude lost re-election is because he was giving away money to poor people. That's why he lost that re-election. Feel yeah, not me? because it wasn't a good idea. Feel me? Everybody knew it's a good idea. Just like, was it uh, Mnuchin that was just like, uh, people need to suffer so that they something or another? I don't remember. Don't oh, give yeah, about it. it's a couple of those assholes. Feel me? That that, it's just, that that's the mentality they're trying to push, man. They know they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. That's it, but... Ah, it, it, I'm so torn because there's so much, it, there's so much potential, and it there's so for the potential to be so obvious and so abundant, it has to be an uh an opposition. Of course, there's the to this it's, first, it's because, so why it's not being implemented. It's because you know, in order to help the poor people, the people who are are have a stranglehold on their wages would have to loosen their grip on their wages. And that's less money and, for them. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. The wage suppression that's in this country is out of control. Yeah. Out of control. Where do you think the fucking CEO money came from that he just fucking AMC CEO? That came from all the people that they're not paying that they fucking laid off. And I boycotted AMC for a significant amount of time because of the uh, their employees were, were um, attempting to unionize. I'm not sure if they were attempting to unionize or if they were just uh, on strike because of uh, uh, their pay. And this was probably about two or three years ago. And yeah, so I AMC has had its own woes throughout its time, for sure. But yeah, moving on from that, uh, dude, Jackson, Mississippi is in hard times right now, man. They have, I guess, uh, because of the inclement weather that's been going throughout uh, Midwest America, they've been without water for a long time. And uh, I know that Jackson, Mississippi is, I think, the center or one of the main organizing points uh, of uh, a socialist collective that's attempting to to organize a lot of the communities throughout Midwest uh, America, you know, in a, in a worker solidarity to try to uh, have communities that are based off of alternative economic models to capitalism. And so... I feel like as big of a city as as Jackson, Mississippi is, for for their water supply, especially as close to to the Mississippi River as they are, for their water supply to be in jeopardy is some inten- intentional malfeasance. Some, yeah, that's crazy. Fuckery. Yeah, that's that that's not something that that's something that the people who live there have been in close proximity to and keenly aware of for a long time. And so for it to just for it to for them to not to be prepared for inclement weather, it seems weird. It seems weird. It seems like the the companies that control their water source are punishing those people for something. I mean, but, you know, there's also Texas. They could just have been negligent and pocketing the money. Um, Mississippi is a little bit different because a lot of their their energy companies aren't as big as the energy companies in Texas. So whereas yes, I would believe that corporate malfeasance is is uh, a lot more prevalent in the Texas energy grid. The Mississippi energy grid, it it has more because it takes it it has a lot more contributors from the the rural communities. 
you know what I mean, that contribute to the energy grid, they would, they, there's a lot more public-private partnership there. And so I feel like the private end of that partnership is trying to discipline the public end of that partnership by showing that they control the the actual infrastructure of the water. Like, yeah, no, no, no. You guys contribute, but we control the infrastructure. And if you guys think that you're going to 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 create, you know, systems of economy that that force us out, ain't going to happen. But I mean, this is all speculation. Really in the end, the people of of Jackson, Mississippi need water. And I just wanted to bring some awareness to that because you know, all the struggles for econ uh, economics, it's really about the distribution of resources. And these people are being denied a very critical resource. And I just, I, we can't support any economics that would deny people a critical resource like water. And if, if it takes, if capitalism uh, survives on the back of denying the people of Jackson, Mississippi water, then we really got to consider like maybe capitalism isn't something that we should all be jumping on the back of. Like maybe we, we, we shouldn't be lauding it. You know, it's time for us to start considering a different form of economics that does not, you know, ostracize people for organizing themselves in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy that the people of Jackson, Mississippi are being denied water, similarly to the people of Flint, Flint Michigan. There's absolutely no reason that the people of Flint, Michigan should have an issue with water when they are literally next to one of the biggest bodies of fresh water, clean fresh water. You know what I mean? Like they are purposely being fed dirty water and, and they're doing that all over the country. And we need to do our best to 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 not only be aware of that, but to not not support people who who uh, perpetuate schemes like that. But, yeah, I thought that 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 was an important one to bring up. Uh, moving on from that. Uh, so into some politics uh, topics. Congress has been passing all kinds of bills as of late um, with their new Senate uh, uh, composition. Most of, and and it's funny because in a lot of the time, uh, a lot of the situations where the setting composition was thought to be super important, like in terms of uh, confirmations, hasn't really hasn't really helped the Democrats any. Um, they've had to to drop their support for Neera Tandon, which she was absolutely not an appropriate uh, nomination for the Committee of Management and Budget. But nonetheless, they wanted to throw their lot in with her. And they couldn't even get bipartisan Democratic support for her. They couldn't even get the 50 Democrats in Senate to vote for her, to to get the, the tiebreaker to Kamala. And so, like... You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming before the Senate. You know, you'd think that the majority of the Democratic uh, uh, presented legislation would get pushed through. Don't happen. Nominations ain't getting pushed through. Neither the legislation. They've had they've still been getting stalled out on on COVID relief. Like that shit's crazy. Can you imagine like what's going on in 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 our body of Congress that they're sitting here still debating about COVID relief? Still debating about COVID relief? They're literally creating a situation where people got more money from Donald Trump 
in reference to COVID relief. And he didn't even believe it, or he wouldn't even admit to believing in COVID for the most part during his uh, his presidency. And he managed to get more money to the people than Biden, who promised $2,000 checks as his as his inaugural fucking uh, 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 um, his inaugural push. Suckers. So, you know, it, it's it's really a travesty, you know. And, then, and this is what I was hoping, like, I was really hoping that a lot of the leftists and and black progressives who were like, listen, we got to rally against Trump. I was really hoping that they had uh, an answer for what to do when the Democrats Democrat. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's why I've always been pushing this idea that you know, we got to move outside of electoral politics because the electoral politics will just change personalities. But if you actually want to get something like, if you want to get an idea pushed into the into the psyche of 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 the people who matter, you got to be mobilizing outside of electoral politics. You got to be doing something else. You know what I mean? And we'd hope it's not burning down targets, but you got to do something else, whether it's organizing and and marching which you know gets you but so far but you know you got to be trying to create a bigger impact other than in, uh, electoral politics because electoral politics is not the field where change happens now at this point it's probably in the um, youth outreach is probably where it's at at this point i mean yeah yeah you know it, it, youth outreach is the long game you got to play the long game is what you're saying because you know out, youth outreach, even though, you know, funny that you mentioned youth outreach. So Ayanna Presley presented a, a bill. I don't think it passed, but she I, I, she presented an interesting bill that I thought was 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 worth noting, which was to lower the federal voting age to 16. I don't know about that. That sounds crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> 16 year olds are wild unreliable. But I mean, that would absolutely promote youth outreach. Absolutely. It definitely would. Um, but I don't know. It that's would a huge manipulable crowd. Yeah, it w- it would promote half youth outreach and half youth youth manipulation. I, oh, you think it would be half youth? I think it would be probably ninety percent youth manipulation, ten percent youth outreach. Well, to be fair, all outreach is in that yeah of that degree is manipulation. But, but half of them is going to be blatantly lies, and the other one is actually going to be so you know. so from. And 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 I typically trust Ayanna Presley. She's she's been a very mindful and 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 progressive, uh, and I use those in positive lights, um, politician. And so I want to say that she present she she uh, she uh, penned this amendment uh, with good intentions. So I my assumption is is that her goal was to expand the electorate, because in American politics, at least, any situation in which you expand the electorate, because of the ideologies presented by the parties, you will inadvertently expand the Democratic electorate. Because the Republican electorate is a very narrow one. Their ideology is very exclusionary and not very widely held throughout you know, the, the mainstream of the country. So if you expand the electorate, you'll probably expand democratic votes so i believe that that's the strategy she was taking now i would counter that with saying do you want to expand the electorate if you're going to dilute the electorate 
with um, non-informed voters. That's the most diplomatic way I could say that. Because unfortunately, they're not uninformed. They're just not informed with accurate knowledge. That's why I think 16 is a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but how else do you expand the electorate? And 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 in what demographic do you expand it to that is even acceptable? You know what I mean? Because I, I think that she's onto something in saying that, okay. At every turn, the Democrats seem to be expanding the electorate. I think she's spot on with her analysis of how the Democrats eventually edge out Republicans in future elections if you are married to the electoral politics. Now, I'm just playing her game. You know what I mean? I'm playing the game of that is set before us. I don't believe that, in general, electoral politics is the way to go. But I do just in an analysis of what she's doing, I think that that's a, an effective strategy. But... And 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 targeting that particular demographic is one that that's the least I think questionable demographic that the Democrats have targeted because who else have the Democrats targeted in recent um year uh history recently released felons you know what I mean uh uh recently or uh. Getting voting rights for for undocumented youth. You know what I mean? Like they're they're targeting. There's a lot of democratic. Uh, there's a lot of demographics that they target that are very objectionable to the other side. At least sixteen year olds. I think that she was. I think that she. That's probably the best demographic that they've targeted um, to expand the electorate in recent history. You know what I mean, and I, I I wanted to give her give her her flowers on that. I it, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna pass, nor is it my preference yeah, of expanding the electorate. But I, she's been the most faithful to the strategy thus far. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, Ayanna Presley is really really moving in, in a way that you know it's opening up an argument that's worth having. But yeah, moving on from that, uh, it was interesting. So Bernie Sanders has decided that he really wants to stand hard on this $15 minimum wage push. And he's attempting to force a vote on it. And there's been a, a, a huge uh, conversation online about why the $15 minimum wage is worth fo- forcing the vote on, but Medicare for All was not worth forcing the vote on. Um, first of all, the, the $15 minimum wage is way less co- of, of an ask than Medicare for all. Like the $15 minimum wage is, there's no comp, there's, there's no profitable company that a doesn't already pay most of their, their workforce that amount in the first place or B couldn't afford to pay most of their workforce that amount. <laughs> That's the thing is that they want to tell you that money. it's going to collapse uh, small businesses. And it's really not, it's really not because when you think about it, the like what small mom and pop business exists really in this environment anymore. They don't exist. They really, really don't. And the ones that do exist could absolutely absorb a $15 
minimum wage. They they absolutely could. There's no statistical evidence. There's no there's no like real evidence that there's a profitable business that's not already failing that couldn't absorb this. Now, yes, it might cause businesses that are tanking to just have to close down. And that is a thing. And those people are going to need some to find a, a, a new way. And I get it. But I think that that's the minority of businesses, especially because post-pandemic, most non-profitable businesses have already closed down. Like, we've already weeded out the vast majority of businesses that would be hurt by a $15 minimum wage hike. So let's stop playing around. Let's stop lying to ourselves. Like, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. I get it. Just say no. If the if, if the Congress just isn't going to do it, just say no. But don't lie to us and tell us that it's going to close down businesses. We, we're past that point at this point. You know, the, 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 the quote-unquote pandemic has already flattened that curve has already taken out all of the businesses that aren't going to be able to survive. The ones that that do survive should just fucking pay their, their employees a decent wage. But, you know, I did, I, I don't know. Forcing a vote on this seems like a bit much. Um, I think that there's better things to force a vote on, but uh, I don't think that it's there. I think it's a false equivalency to say, Oh my goodness, he's forcing a vote on, on $15 minimum wage, but he won't force a vote on Medicare for all. It shows how he's a he's a class trader. Uh, listen, easy. Easy. Um, one thing that Doesn't I... Doesn't he have much more power now than he did then? Yes, he does. He does. As a... a, a he was appointed to uh, labor, the labor secretary, I want to say. But, yeah, and now he's like head of the budget committee. Budget committee, yes. The one that handles the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, these people with their weak ass arguments, bro. I don't even like arguing with people but that you know come with weak ass too? arguments. You know, one thing that I've learned is that critique, <laughs> critique away, have your opinions on whatever fucking people do. But one thing you shouldn't do is tell people how to wield their political power. And that's one thing that I hope that no people never get from from my voice. At least I will critique away. But one thing I will not do is tell people how to wield their political power that they went out and got. That's something that's that, that's not a fruitful endeavor. And Bernie Sanders has done everything in his power to obtain the political power that he has. And so one thing I will not do is tell him how to wield it. If he thinks that wielding it in favor of $15 minimum wage, which, yes, it is a small step, but it is a small step in the right direction, then he, let him do it. Like, why are we fighting that? That same $500 that you were talking about to those small people, that $15 minimum wage is like the equivalent to everyone. Yes, to a lot larger uh, subsection. No, yeah, maybe not everyone, but yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, to a lot I can't of tell you the last time I had a $15 an hour job, but... Feel me, that's, you know? that's a pretty decent... $50 is pretty decent in a lot of places. In Florida, holy shit. In Florida, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I've been above the $15 an hour wage for some time. To say the least, but the fact that there's a significant portion of the country that is still at that or below, come on. Like, how does, and, and this is my thing is, is like, even if you don't 100% agree with it, how does him doing that hinder any of your objectives? Just because he chose to wield his power, his political power, uh, towards forcing a vote on $15 minimum wage, how does that hinder anything you were doing? You know what I mean? Just because he didn't choose to wield it in favor of your objective didn't hinder you either. You know what I mean? That is just an 
an admission that you were you didn't have what you needed to get your point pushed across and you needed oh, someone else. That's some wah wah shit right there. You know what I mean? And that's not something that that's not their responsibility. Him or AOC or any other politician who chose to wield their political power the way that they did. Man, they're a bunch of grown ass babies, man. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people <laughs> wielding their political power to hurt people. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Joe Manchin. They're actually wielding their political power to hurt people. And 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 the left has the nerve to complain about how its exemplars wield their political power. This is how I know that there's there's no there is literally no progress in American politics ever. There will yeah. never be because there there is no organization on the side of progress. People, man, they're too spoiled, mind you. It's too spoiled. They're just selfish, looking out for themselves instead of you know. And the only organization comes from the side that's organizing around Trump. You know what I mean? Like that's the scary part. See, you want to talk about organization? You. Trump. Really? Trump was talking at CPAC, nigga. Like, come on. Mm, this yep. the, okay. They only like, got one mission. Why are the, like the fact that Republicans don't universally just throw their hands up and accept that he is their leader is like, yeah, nah, nigga. What are you fighting for? Like, how are you fighting for any like Trump well, is their leader? He it's, is it's the Republican Party. Because now they realize more than ever how dangerous it is, and you know, like they've been courting the Cobra this whole time, but now it's like wrapped around their neck, so they can't just like they can't get away from it like super easy. Of course. Not. So He's now there, there's like this weird moment where they're like, fuck, do I try to fight it to the death? And, and or that's surrender? where the organization in American politics organizes around. There's no organization on the left. There's only organization on the right behind the fucking fascist. There's no fucking organization on the left to organize around the 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 actual ideals that would that would create the the structure that would support the American economy and society into the future. There's no organization around that. There's only organization around the 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 you know the right wing fascist entity that inflates this crazy idea of financial wealth. Like it's crazy. But to be fair, that's way easier though. You know, they, the the fascists only have one mission, whereas uh, to uni- unite everyone and keep everyone united and move Rrr, forward towards the goal is exceptionally a multifaceted difficult. mission for sure. So you know they have it a lot easier. True story. But yeah. I don't know, man. It's a real, it's a real toss up because you never know when there's, there's progress when there's, when there's not progress, especially in times like this when there's so many uh, pieces of legislation being put through Congress. Because like, you also have the Michael, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the George Floyd bill that was just recently passed, which seems like progress, but let me tell you. There's no justice in policing, and there will never be justice in policing. And this bill is in no way, shape, or form a step towards justice in policing. You know, it, it works towards banning chokeholds that were already banned. It moves towards funding police further to investigate themselves <laughs> into their own police m- misconduct. It's That's just, what was missing before. It was the funding that yeah, was missing why they yeah, couldn't find they, they, they weren't being overly funded before. <laughs> you know, like... it's. it's it's total trash. But then you have bills like HR1, which is a, a, a bill to help strengthen voting rights to deal with redlining, gerrymandering, or a lot of the things that go around districting. And that is that does seem like a positive move if you were ever to want your electoral politics to be functional. So I don't know, man. It's always a toss-up. And, and, and unfortunately, this Biden administration is doing nothing to, like, clarify its stance on whether it is about actually helping the people or not. 
Because boy, does he say the right things at times, but boy, does he never seem to want to do it. It's, I don't know, man. Dude, it, I think it, it, it's nothing more exemplifies it than this discussion about COVID relief. Like the idea that we're this far into the administration, they're waffling on getting $2,000 checks, um, you know, and, and, and moreover, there means testing it down to like $80,000 now. Uh, and I, and you know, one thing I hate is like, it's $80,000 per person or $160,000 per household. It's like, really? Yes. You multiplied it by two. Congratulations. <laughs> I couldn't multiply it by two by myself. How many more people is it too? Oh my goodness. So it didn't even change. Like it didn't even scale differently. Like what is wrong with these people? I hate when they do that shit, but yeah, they're means testing it down to $80,000, which is like, yo, you guys are really going to work hard at creating a situation in which Trump gave the American people more money than Biden, which is, which could be the Republican strategy. It's like, all right, fine. If you're going to give him money, we're not going to let you give him as much as Trump. So we can at least say that our guy did better than you. Like, really? That's, is that where we're at with this shit now? I mean, it's always been there, man. Political maneuvering is very real. Bro, that is the, that is the most, that is the most feckless, lackluster, meaningless maneuvering ever, bro. Like, it's like, gosh, man, that's so craven. You know what I mean? Like, that's completely political maneuvering only for your best interest. That was one of the things that I always notice, and 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 I know that it might be taboo to mention Kevin Spacey in in uh, House of Cards, but his character, uh, un was Underwood, yeah, Underwood. His character was a piece of trash politician, but one thing that he knew is that someone had to benefit from the things that he did. Like, someone on the ground had to benefit, or else no one would test, would, would give you testimony. You know what I mean? And these guys don't even... Don't, they don't even do nah. things to benefit the people on the ground to get the testimony nah. anymore. They nah. don't give a shit about that. You but know what I mean? There's two parts that you got to master in order to be a politician, right? The first one is the election, right? The second one is the posturing once you've actually gotten the job. You do not need to be good at your you job. You don't actually have to do anything. You don't You don't even have to do Listen, your job. Politicians aren't professionals at anything. You feel me? If you're good at getting elected and you're good at staying elected, that's it. All you got to do is... Bro, do you know... Do, how you many ever heard a Japanese person you... try to say election? <laughs> it's actually quite oh, entertaining. Oh, man. But it's like... Your local yo, erection. It's... It's... I don't know, man. And they yeah. never been about helping people, son. That's why. That's why I was like, well, you got to organize I, I around them. Say, because... But I don't want to be that pessimistic because there are some of the people. Out oh yeah. There. Well, yeah, yeah. That, it's an overgeneralization. That, that definitely. But yes, you're but, right. The vast majority of them are absolutely there for a career, yeah. not for. It's for. Yeah. It's just the evolution, just like anything else. This is 2021. We have information about everything, so you can do everything at a macro level. You know what I mean? You don't. So. Once you, when, like I said, once you know the specifics and the numbers of how to get yourself elected and you know the specifics and, and the numbers of how to stay around and avoid actually engaging your st constituents and being um, beholden to them, you can do whatever the fuck you want to. And enough people have done that successfully to inspire more people to, to pursue that path behind them. Yikes. And that's created this environment of politics that we live in and where there is like that's literally a handful. Yeah. It, it absolutely isn't. It, because we're learning. You know what I mean? Monkey see, monkey do. Mirror neurons. We're, we're learning 
from each other. We learn the good things and we learn the bad things. And when the bad things have become so prevalent and so profitable and so beneficial for these, none of these people are going to jail for any of these things no, they're doing. They won't. So all you're doing is reinforcing to people that see this stuff is like, yo, do that shit, Maji. You can do whatever the fuck you want to. You know what I mean? I equate it to like, um, have you ever played Street Fighter against someone or a fighting game against someone who absolutely sucked at it and you just kept throwing fireballs at him all day? And they're not good enough at the game to jump over the fireballs or block the fireballs, so they just eat them shits all day long. And you just keep yeah, throwing you're fireballs me right now all day I'm the long. Person eating the fireballs, you feel so me? And that's say, eat a dick. That's how America is. They are caught in that <laughs> oh, loop. So you're saying I'm, I'm very American. That's in how that America. Way. <laughs> America's caught in that loop. They're not dodging the fireballs. They're not blocking. They're not jumping. Nothing. Not parrying. There's nothing. nothing. They just keep eating the fireballs, and they get mad at the end of the round and say, "Like, yo, why would you stop throwing fireballs?" Why did you stop throwing it's fireballs? It's my childhood growing <laughs> up, bro. I'm not, I'm not going to stop throwing fireballs because my objective is to win. My objective uh, is to win. It's not to win, win pretty. It's not to teach you the game. It's not to help you learn. It's to win. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? it's, and unfortunately, that, stre- that mentality is if Cheesing wins, infectious. then I'm going to cheese away. Feel me? It's infectious, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. American politics, it, man. It, and it sucks because like it it clearly produces some results, and and they ride that 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 effect to to the end, man. Because like you can't like what are you gonna say? Oh, American politics doesn't work. Like I don't know. It does a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Like it, it fucks up. It, it bombs people. It does a lot of things. But boy, man, how do you convince people? Like it really isn't very effective at doing what it's supposed to do for you. Especially because most people survive, you know, and most people consumed with getting to the next weekend barbecue, you know, to to care about that shit. It's because they have to, man. You got it's because the 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 onus is on you to provide that balance of happiness that makes you not go insane from the the misorganization of the world. Well, it's the atomization of the citizen for sure. Because like when you're plugged into your community. You have a, it's a different sense because there's someone in the community who's plugged into a bigger apparatus, and whether you directly interface with social groups bigger than your community or not, you you're plugged into someone who is. But when you're an individual, if you're not directly plugged into someone who cares about what's happening in your city, your state, your country, the world, you might just be stuck at that that communal level, and you might not give a shit about anything that happens you know, outside of your block. And that I think is the problem. And and that's the problem with American culture is it doesn't promote healthy communities. Like, cause that would hurt the worker base because people who live in communities organize themselves. And then that organizational structure reaches into their other parts of their lives. And then they're going to wonder why they don't organize on their, you know, work life. And that becomes a problem for employers, you know? And when all of the employers in the country are huge fucking multinational corporations, they can they can afford to to subvert that divide and conquer. And man. when they also create all of the entertainment and all of the media, they can also perpetuate ideas that make you think that it's not a good idea to 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 love your your neighbor and care about your neighbor. And misanthropy becomes the the social norm. When really and truly, like man, if you gave a fuck about your neighbor just a little bit more, boy, would the world be a better place. And if the average person just learned to give a shit a little bit more about people around them. Boy, could it all be better for everyone? You know what I mean. But you know that that I think is 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 a conversation for another day. Is how you know 
corporations subvert the the communal nature of people to their own benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching this interview with um Randall Park. Shout out to Randall Park. He was uh talking to Conan, and he was talking about how he got off social media for a while because he read this book. And one of the things that he brought up about the book that stuck out to me, he said that um. Social pe- social media was making people both meaner and more afraid. And I was just like, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Absolutely. It's like, it's like discourse over the last, I say, probably like 10 or so years since I've been on the internet, discourse among people definitely seems to have gone, like, gotten worse and worse. Absolutely. So because humans are social beings, we need that socialized environment. But corporations have done a great job of destroying that social environment whether it's on the family level the community level uh it's just a done a great job of fracturing and atomizing people mm-hmm. but that doesn't that doesn't square with the fact that humans have a biological need for certain social behaviors and so they tried to supplant that with social media but unfortunately Social media just isn't a healthy place for us to express most of our social desires. Some of them, yes, not most of them. And so they're trying to to more and more subvert our social needs with their product in that social media space. But I don't think it'll ever work, nor do I think it's a healthy endeavor to to, to undergo. I mean, I don't really think them trying is so bad. I think it, the onus is more on people to, you know, you got to show up your defense against, against that sort of thing. Because you don't need social yeah. media for anything. You really don't. You, you really don't. don't need social media for anything. So you, it, you should definitely build up your social media tolerance if it's going to be something you're interact, interacting with on the regular. Yeah. And when I and I don't mean like like YouTube. I mean like social media, social media. We're interacting with people. You yeah, know what that's I mean? what like, I was referring to as well. Yeah, because it's funny because people consider so YouTube a social media platform. I'm like, is it? I I, I don't thought use it as a social YouTube media, was a platform, media platform, platform. Yeah, like it's purely a media uh, uh, dispensary for me. But yeah, I, I, I imagine that social media implies some degree of uh, instant messaging. Yeah, and I guess the YouTube cons- comments are kind of that, but. I do not consider that a social media platform at all. No, that's not as messaging. It's a content distribution that's a platform. Forum. Yeah. But um yeah. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll wrap on that. Uh I think that it's it's, it's an interesting uh concept to delve into how uh social media environments affect us in our social lives and how they supplant our natural socialization mechanisms that we have when we actually deal with people. And how it changes them when we deal with people in the uh, internet environment. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap on that. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you all. You can follow us on the social media. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Heron's Home Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. And you can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thank you for joining us, guys. Have a great one. Peace. Take it easy.